0: the guest for this episode is a veteran of the United States Air Force. That might explain why the language is so blue. No, seriously, we use some pretty harsh language in this episode, so listener beware. This is the Veteran War Gamer. <laughs> This is the veteran warrior. I am your host, Jay Arnold. In this episode, episode fifty-five, we are speaking with Warhammer hero, podcast host, fellow veteran Dan Gomez. Dan, how you doing? I'm living the dream, man. How you doing? I am. Well, that's a loaded. That's a loaded response because in the military,
1: <laughs> I give you the standard military answer though. Like anyone yeah. asks you, well, how you're doing? You're like, man, I'm living the dream. Living the dream is shorthand for this sucks. Yeah, not great. No, I'm literally living the dream, man. You know, I'm retired, yeah. right? And I'd go to school full time and I just hang out and uh, it's school's not that hard when you're an old man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is this it? Like I'd put off college forever and I'm like, this yeah. is this is it. I was like, it's not that bad. Yeah, Do exactly. I mean, I, I, I hear you. I, I had done... I had completed
0: four years of active duty and had been on, you know, out in the real world, quote unquote, mm-hmm. when I went to college. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I was 26 when I, when I started college Oof. and, uh, yeah, I, I didn't really have much of a problem. I I got my, I got my bachelor's in three years. So
1: yeah, solid man. No, it's like, you know, the the students are like all half my age and they like to tell me how old they are and how old they were whenever I like, you know, like I'll be like, Hey, in 96, that's when I graduated high school. And they're like, well, I wasn't even born yet. So So I'm always like, yeah, shut up. (laughs) So,
0: well, if if folks that are listening don't know you already, mm-hmm. a very brief introduction. Dan is the host of a very unique gaming podcast, to put it mildly. Unique. Called yeah. the Lonely Havocs. Or the Havoc Cast. I guess Havocast. it's called the Havoc Cast. Yeah. yeah, it's the Havoc
1: Cast yeah. officially, if you're searching for it. <laughs> yeah. The um
0: link will be in the show notes so you don't have to search for it. Boom. And rather than talking about uh oh what's your favorite build you know what's your favorite army for 40k what are the games you play well yeah. i guess you do ask What are the games you play um dan asks uh 20 odd questions of each of his guests odd and questions. he has yep. and he has a a palette if you will of of questions um that he's that he curates eat for each guest and selects from his list of I don't how many questions do you actually have something like 30 40
1: questions uh, I have like around 200 questions oh wow okay yeah but I'm finding really quick the ones that work really well and the ones that don't work well so like mm. you tend to hear the, the same ones pretty often because I find they're the ones that lead to the best discussion ah like if there's if there's a question that you can answer with a single word then that that question sucks like I like those questions are like you know you say one thing oh you know what's your favorite paint color? Obviously, that's like kind of an easy one, but that's just mm-hmm. kind of like to warm people up and to, you know get them loose and, and lubed up and everything. So yeah, usually it's like you know like if it's a one word answer that the person can give, then those kind of questions just don't they don't go very far and I kind of throw right. them out like eventually. But yeah, it's like I have a list of like two hundred or so questions, <laughs> and I I literally like scroll down and I I just kind of put my finger on the screen and I'm like, all right, that seems pretty good. Oh cool. There, yeah, there's been ones I've asked and it like definitely like was like awkward silence like after the question and i'm like all right oh that sucked (laughs) (laughs) no does not ask that one again you know or sometimes you know but sometimes the personal ones do lead to a lot of interesting insight and then sometimes the not personal ones lead to a whole lot of interesting insight it's really it's really crazy
0: yeah and i gotta say it's definitely an interesting show fascinating um because most of the people um most of the people that you have on the show Mm -hmm. i wouldn't have known about myself. yeah, Because I'm, I'm not in the 40K or Age of Sigmar realm of the hobby anymore. Yeah. I, I lean toward independent games. I lean toward historical games. Uh, so, you know, that's not my bag. So I'm not really familiar yeah. with many of the people that you interview. But that doesn't matter because it's still fascinating listening. And...
1: Well, and I- and I think what's interesting about like the people that I have on the show, there's really I don't really invite people to the show. It's kind of like an open invitation kind of for for everyone that like knows me because, mm-hmm. you know, obviously I'm on Twitter quite a bit. And that's kind of my main, I guess, format or like where I live. I don't know how you want to really put that. So there is this kind of danger that the podcast is just like this big inside joke of Twitter people just talking to each other. So I always kind of worry that people listen to it and they're like, who the the fuck's this guy? Like, why would I, who do I care, this guy that I'm listening to, but I hope that like just the questions themselves create that interest in the person that I'm talking to. Like you don't, like you just said, I don't really know these people, but now that I know something about them, maybe I'm interested.
0: Right. Absolutely. You know, and it's, it's fascinating listening and you can, uh, you know I, I highly encourage that folks go out and and have a listen listen to you know, it and yeah it it's it's good stuff and there was one episode in particular that uh-huh. i have to say was really super good and that was, was the it
1: episode 12 ep-
0: <laughs> <laughs> well as a matter of fact
1: <laughs> is it episode 12 um no uh, episode 12 was with office painter oh well remind me he's a british dude and it's just it was one of the funniest episodes i think that i've done because he's funny as Mm -hmm. shit and we pretty much laughed like not like we literally this is so before i used to edit my my podcast down to like Mm -hmm. an hour ish but i literally talked to people for like two hours plus like just kind of on average and then i got really tired of editing so now i just i just air like the whole thing unless someone says some like shit that i'm like oh it's a little off brand yeah. for me so i'm gonna edit that out but you know like for the most part like it's just the conversation now like the last like eight nine episodes have just been two hour long me babbling and going on tangents while some poor person on the other end of the line tries to like get a word in yeah <laughs> <laughs> i i will have to go but uh i'll have
0: to go back and listen to 12 i guess because it didn't because yeah. i was i was which episode were you I talking, was talking about 15
1: baby <laughs> Is that was, yeah. was that you? Were you in
0: 15? fifteen?
1: Fifteen, I lose track. Yeah, that was a pretty good one. <laughs> but I think it's interesting because you like you're saying that like a lot of the people, um, you know, you don't really know them because you don't follow Sigmar or Warhammer. But like I had like a, like people that just do D and D like on there. Like I had a couple of like um, one one uh, woman I had on uh, Eris Savad. She does like. Um, what do you call it? Like dice bags and stuff like that. And then the next week I had uh, another person that just like did D and D. So I try to like cover a little bit of everybody, mm-hmm. you know? And like at the beginning it was like my friends. It's like people that I like knew personally. I'm like, Hey, I'm trying this thing out, man, be on it. So like I had my friend, uh, brush wizard on there, Scott. And of course I had my friend Alexa on there. I was like, come on, you got to help me out. I was like, I-, I don't think anybody wants to talk to me. <laughs> I think now's a good time
0: to ask you the mm-hmm. question. That I ask all of my guests, and that is, what makes you a veteran Wargamer?
1: Well, you know, and we were kind of talking about this earlier before your computer went fucking haywire. That, um, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, like, I'm literally a veteran uh, because I served in the United States Air Force for 21 years, six months, and nine days. And not that I, anyone's so, counting. Not that anyone's counting. That's the joke. And um, also that I've been playing 40K or I've been doing Warhammer since, like, 88 Eighty-eight, eighty-nine, 89 and uh but i've been doing uh rpgs even like before then like i remember playing rpgs like when i was like 11 or 12 with like one other friend and him and i like taking turns like gming each other but um so i feel like better in status as far as like gaming goes as i've been doing it for like 30 years or something like that and, mm-hmm. and also you know being in the military and having that under under my belt so you know i'm, I'm hitting it from all angles yeah so that's what now they with like. that <laughs> Would that have been Redbox D D? Uh no, I actually the first RPG game I ever played was called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Other Strangeness. Oh, and it yes. was uh, Palladium, Palladium uh yes. system, which is a D twenty system. Yes. I have played D D and I get this question a lot on my own podcast because I famously don't like D D and it's one mm-hmm. of those things that people are like, How can you not like D D? And I'm like, oh, it's boring as fuck. That's why <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm going to walk up and hit him with my sword. You're like, oh, okay, cool. I just don't like how like dungeon crawls are like very like on rails and it's like, okay, well I guess I go to the next room. Cause what the fuck else am I going to do? <laughs> like, yeah, you're in a cave and there's a bad guy on the other side. Well, obviously I got to kill the bad guy and get past him. You're like, wow. Okay. But you know, maybe I'm, well, maybe I'm simplifying D and D, but sometimes yeah. that's kind of what you end up with these dungeon crawl situations. You're like, Ugh. I, I will say, thanks
0: to the tmnt book yeah good um, book i was a little too fascinated in the difference between various bladed weapons
1: yeah absolutely dude. i mean that whole well, thing is like a- it's like a teenage like a preteen's like wet dream it's like oh i get to fucking have ninja swords and nunchucks oh it's so awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i knew a bit too much about
0: japanese martial arts weapons at the right? age of 12 right? That I probably should
1: have, but I mean, it's like it's a like there's a literal like compendium of all the different weapons, and you're like, all right, which yeah. one has the most damage? Because like really in that game, there was no like, I don't recall there being like particular like uh, negatives for taking certain types of weapons. It's like you could literally just take the weapon that did the most damage, and it really didn't make mm-hmm. that much of a difference. So it's like, oh, which one does the most damage? I'll take that shit. And I'll just be like this, <laughs> like half fucking raccoon bro wandering the streets with a fucking pole <laughs> arm on his back you know what i mean because that's not like conspicuous <laughs> no do you blend right in dude like in florida like no one notices <laughs> <laughs> but that's the first game i ever got into and then i got into all the palladium stuff because they had heroes unlimited which i'm you know if you mm-hmm. can playdium at all and then they had rifts which was amazing and yeah. like mind blowing. And so like I played yeah. all those forever and ever. And of course I got into like um oh man, what's the like what's the cyberpunk one? Um fudge, I can't remember the it's name. Shadowrun? Shadowrun, thank you. Gosh. Yeah. And of course I got into Shadowrun and like every other game. And I've literally played like every RPG, like like pretty much. Except D&D. i mean, I've played it. I've played it oh, a lot. I've actually, enough. I've actually, I, I had a, a buddy of mine, actually my, one of my bestest friends, he was asking me to play with him. And I was like, ah, oh, you know how I feel about D&D. He's like, yeah, but he's like, I got this group. He's like, my wife wants to play because her friends want to play, but they all have no, they don't really know what they're doing. And it would be helpful if someone that was experienced was playing. And I was like, ah, oh, God damn it. Fuck you. I was like, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm playing a little bit of D&D, just, you know, and it's not bad. And, you know, I'm doing it because I love my, my buddy. He knows that I'm not like a big fan of, of of the fantasy setting, but I just find myself just doing ridiculous stuff just to kind of like trip him up, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> make him look in the book. He's always like, uh, uh, how do I do that? I don't know how to do that. And I'm like, you better figure it out, man, because I'm throwing this goblin across the room as a projectile <laughs> weapon. <laughs> so it's fun. And I'm always like, hey, let's split. Let's split up. Like, let's all split up and go four different directions. And he's like, no. And I'm like, no, this will be the best way to cover the dungeon. Because <laughs> that's the kind of guy I am whenever you invite <laughs> me to play.
0: <laughs> so about that invitation to come game with me.
1: Uh... Yeah, yeah you, you're taking it back. You're reconsidering.
0: Good thing I haven't given you the address yet. I get, I get that a lot. I get that a lot so since you started with the warhammer universes or universe depending on how deep you want to get into the lore sure you said 88 or so which puts you right in the camp of third edition fantasy battle and rogue trader 40k
1: rogue trader bro
0: which is right in my wheelhouse
1: dude my dad brought that book because my dad got me into gaming and speaking of veteran war gamers he was in he was a army he was in the army for 30 years Mm-hmm. He, he retired as a command sergeant major and he's a ranger, airborne, all the, the, whole, the whole nine yards. So I'm like, you know, pretty much just a walking disappointment as far as that's concerned. <laughs> 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 but, but you know, in, in my defense, he was the one that told me to join the Air Force. Like he literally like, yeah, he, he looked at me. He's like, you're the smart one in, in this family. You should probably join the Air Force. I was like, gotcha. But, you know, I grew yeah. up in the Army so I knew kind of like the, the quality of life and the standard of living that the army gives their, their, their people, you know, and the air force, they, they hook you up a little bit more and that's kind of just, yeah. just how it is. But, you know, he was more concerned about, I guess, my, my brain going to waste. <laughs> 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 he was like, you're too smart for the army. He's like, you need, you need to do the air force. And, you know, but at a time I had really, didn't, I hadn't thought about it, but I actually, you know, a story as old as time itself. I got my high school girlfriend pregnant and I married her. And so I was like, well, I better do something so I can have this kid. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's why I ended up joining the air force. But the military was like, I think it was inevitable either way. Like I think it was yeah. going to happen regardless. Cause you know, all my family was in the military. My great, my, my grandfather was in the uh, air force, all my uncles. Um, Uh, We're in well one was in the navy one was army my aunt was actually in the air force so like uh two Mm. uncles on my mom's side were also in the army so like everybody was in the military right so it's like it was just gonna happen like it was just gonna happen so we just kind of gave a a, a shit reason to do it but (laughs) here here we are it worked out um so you know it's 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 actually been really good Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, you hear a lot of people like they get out of the military and they're very angry about it and they have a lot of bad experiences. But I've had, you know, I've had some some shit times and I've been some places I was, you know, in danger and not happy about. And like, that's just that's just how it goes. Right. But like overall, it was like I had a great I had a great career. I think I did really well. And they they literally straightened me out quite a bit. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you go like on this kind of like this bell curve where you start off and you're just like kind of a piece of shit. And then like you hit this, this like height of your career where you're just like kicking ass. And then you slowly come down the other side of the bell curve where that kind of like piece of shitness comes back. But you're, you're such a, you're at a high rank. So now people like sort of respect that you're kind of doing that piece of shitness stuff. Like they're like, Oh man. Okay. Yeah. This guy, this guy's a straight shooter. And it's like, you know, but you're just being a piece of shit. Right. So that's like, that's how that bell curve works, but you got to hit that top before you can get on the other end of the curve and like kind of be an ass to people and people just respect it. It's, it's the craziest <laughs> thing. It, and, am I lying?
0: <laughs> it, well, there's different ways that that can manifest itself. Let's be honest. And, and let me, let me give you an example of that. When I was on active duty, uh, I was in PSYOP, psychological operations, and I was in a strategic battalion. So I, you know, wrote leaflets and posters and designed mm-hmm you know designed radio and television campaigns and that sort of right thing. Right on, right on. And at the time under the organization at the time a, a psyop strategic SIOP company would have two or three operational detachments, basically platoons. Yeah, sure. And you would look at our callout roster and there was okay, opt at 61 with captain whoever and sergeant first class whoever is the platoon sergeant. Yeah. And, you know, Team leader B, you know, team leader A, team leader B, team leader C. And then the same thing for Optet 62. And then Optet 63 was this one dude. I'm not going to say his name, but no <laughs> it was like one dude. Master <laughs> Sergeant, that? the Master Sergeant, and I'll say his initials, JB. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> what a dick, like, that guy. How, how does that happen? You know, it's just one dude in the Opted, and that's it. I take it back. There's a major also. Sure. But we... We'd show up for PT formation and we'd be, you know, right in a row as a company formation. So optet 61, optet 62, optet 63, Master Sergeant JB by himself in his, in the regular duty uniform, not in the PT mm-hmm. uniform. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> first one to be out there, all right, optet Sergeants, take charge of your optets and conduct PT, you know, salute about face. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. the optet Sergeants would turn around and start conducting PT and Old Master Sergeant JB, he'd step out smartly and hop in his red corvette and peel away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the fuck he... out, yeah. <laughs> we didn't see him again until the next morning. <laughs> that's excellent, man. But that takes like a certain type of like you know, uh, uh, esteem, like a self esteem level that's very high and very like sure of yourself to yeah. do shit like that. <laughs> like you know, but that's what that's where like that's after you've hit that high point in your bell curve and you come down the other side, where you are just like, no, I'm not doing PT, man. Yeah. (laughs) Just like roll out. (laughs) And everyone's like, you can't, I guess I can't argue with that. Like, what are we going to (laughs) do? Yeah.
0: And and the great thing is the great thing is once you achieve a certain amount of rank. Yeah. um, And especially once, once you have, you know, once you've reached a certain amount of time and grade, you can stop pulling some punches when you talk to certain people. Oh, absolutely! And you can be completely one hundred percent honest with them, and and stop. And that's, that's the golden. And, that's the golden area right there. And you know, and you just start being one hundred percent, you know, truthful and honest about everything. Yeah.
1: And yeah. Uh, but I mean, but that's that's how you should be though, because at that point when you become a senior NCO, people are relying on you to give them the no no shit no bullshit yeah. answer to things, and that's like that's. That's to me, it was like whenever I hit that point, because I was actually I worked at headquarters and I worked at headquarters uh, for quite some time. And when I got there, I was a tech sergeant. So, you know, I was at E6 at the time. So I had the position, but I didn't really have the rank behind me. You know, mm-hmm. But I had I had all the same responsibilities as you know, as a E7 that usually sits in that position. But I had just got in that position because I happened to be the guy for the job at the time, whatever the fuck. And they put me there. And, um, you know, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like uh, I I had worked as a QA, so I kind of had some understanding of like what they needed from me but then once I started like you know once you uncork the, this thing man it just fucking goes right so like like you know like once I started just hitting people with like realness is, you know just and not pulling punches people are like oh okay right on yeah okay we, we get it we get it Sergeant Gomez and I'm like whoa I thought these dudes would be pissed like I'm just like telling them all this shit I'm like no this is the most stupid thing I've ever heard no we cannot do this and they're just like oh, all right well, well maybe we need to reconsider and I'm in my head I'm like what the fuck did I just do like for real like are people listening this is out of control and then like, you know, you kind of like like when you're a little kid, you kind of push mom and dad to see how much further you can go. Right. <laughs> so all the time they, they'd be like, oh, if you want if, like, if you ask Sargon Gomez, who's going to tell you? He'll tell you, like, what's up? And I'm like, I'll fucking tell you, because like, what do you, you know That's what that's what I'm here for. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here to give you that answer because I have the experience and I've seen the things that have gone wrong and I've done the things that have gone wrong. Yeah.
0: yeah and the thing is, there's just so many. Mid grade and senior NCOs and officers that mm-hmm. are either afraid to do that, or you know for whatever reason, or yeah. they just have no no moral or ethical compass, and that's part of it. And they just say what they need to say in order to get by, and sure, or not sure. or not cause waves or, or what yeah, have they been. don't want to rock the boat, man. Yep. And it's, yeah, and it's my problem is
1: I've always had to, yeah, I've always had a little bit too much self-confidence maybe. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it's warranted or not.
0: <laughs> well, that, that self-confidence definitely comes out as he segues nicely into the rest of the Ooh. questions. Um, yeah. <laughs> that definitely Sorry, segues. Yeah, we
1: could, we could go down that rabbit hole for fucking hours right there.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah, your your self confidence and assuredness definitely comes through in the podcast and yeah, yeah, yeah. your your handle on Twitter is the Lonely Hav or at the Lonely Havocs. Link in the, the show. Lonely notes. Havocs, yeah. And yeah. the the show is called The Havoc Cast. And so I must Havoc, ask, yeah. where did the name Lonely Havocs come from?
1: So you have played forty K though before, yeah, yes? Yeah. Yeah. Like you just kinda got out of it and yeah, like, yeah. Historicals. That's what happens when you get old, bro. You start getting into historicals. <laughs> <laughs> it just happens. One morning you wake up and you're like, "Man, I like to play a battle that's already been determined somewhere else."
0: <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But I anyway. like to know
1: what I. I like, I like to know what I'm up against. Um, so. So in uh, the Chaos Space Marines Army, which is like I've always played Chaos pretty much Mm -hmm. uh, since I've started. And, you know, I still I play some loyalists here and there, like over the years. But I always come back to Nurgle and Chaos. But uh, in the Chaos Space Marines, there's a unit called Havocs and they're Space Marine bros that carry like heavy weapons. Mm -hmm. And they usually come, I think, uh, in fifth edition, it was like you could get a squad of five of them and only four of them had heavy weapons. And then there's a sergeant. And you could, like, pump up a squad, but you couldn't add any more heavy weapons. You could only add, like, bros that had bolt guns. So it's, like, just kind of like a blade of wounds or whatever. But usually you just run a five-man squad, and it's got four last cannons or whatever the fuck. So I was playing a game with a buddy of mine, and he is very, like, competitive. He always ran competitive lists, but he's, like, super nice, so I I enjoyed playing him. And uh, the first turn of the game, he, like, pretty much obliterates everything on the table. Except for, like, you know, one or two vehicles And then one Havoc all by itself, like he killed the rest of the Havocs in the squad. So he killed all four other guys, and there's one Havoc with the last cannon left over. And I'm taking my leadership test, and this guy passes his leadership test. He's like all by himself. And so I have like a couple of vehicles and like a bro with the last cannon. And I'm like, all right, well, let's see what we can do. So I play the rest of the game with this single guy, like wandering the field, like taking pot shots, not really like killing anybody but like every once in a while oh oh oh, oh, my one guy with the last cannon like just rolling for it and he misses or whatever and i'm like well he's still gonna keep going man so Mm -hmm. he was like fucking he stuck to it man he like had he 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 didn't die like the whole game he didn't (laughs) die like my my friend my opponent like just decided i guess he wasn't a threat or whatever and just kind of like just basically ignored him so this guy wandered the field the rest of the game with his last cannon and uh, I was like, and then at, during the middle of the game, I was like, all right, well now now it's time for the lonely havoc. Yeah, see see what he's doing here, like because he's all by himself. And so I just kept saying lonely havoc, and I liked the way that it, that sounded. Mm-hmm. And um, it just kind of was a thing. And I was like, oh, I think I'm going to call my my gaming quote unquote game group my gaming group the Lonely Havocs. Nice. Cause, um, you ever seen you ever seen that movie um, Airheads? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It's got like Steve Buscemi yeah. and um, what's his face uh, Adam Sandler. Yeah, yeah, I'm Brendan Fraser. Yeah. So the joke on that movie is that the name of their band is the Lone Rangers. Right, yeah. And the guy is like, how are you the Lone Rangers? You're There's three of you. So I thought it was funny because it's the Lonely Havocs. Right. But there's multiple Havocs. So, and yeah, just that was kind of a, an inside joke for me that only I laugh at. And there you have it. <laughs> that is so great. <clears throat> that That's, is so it, great. it just stuck and it be kind of came my brand because like to me, like branding is like kind of super important, especially like with social media Mm -hmm. and how people perceive like who you are and your personality and everything. So like, wow, like years ago I hit up an artist that when I was, this was when I was on Reddit and uh, I used to moderate, moderate the Warhammer subreddit. And um, I hit up one of these guys and I'm like, Hey man, make me some, some graphics or whatever. And he gave me a killer price on like a bunch of cool graphics. And so, He drew me the chaos head with the the single tear coming Mm -hmm. down, Yeah, you know, because he's lonely. So that became like my thing, you know, and like I've kind of like gone away from that in particular, but that's always been like the core of it. Yeah.
0: Um, Now, what got you into podcasting? What what pushed you Uh, over the edge? What inspired you to say, hey, I'm going to do this too?
1: So laziness. Uh, Put me <laughs> push me over the edge because uh, I don't know if you've been to my YouTube. You can search the Lonely Havocs on YouTube as well. And I have a bunch of like uh, battle report videos. Mm-hmm. And I, I find that battle report videos are like super. um There's just way too many of them. Like there's everyone is doing battle report videos and some are done really well and some are done really shit. So I thought I'll throw my I'll throw my hat in the ring and I'll do some battle report videos. Right. Because, you know, I'm a funny guy or whatever. And so my first battle reports, they were okay, Like they, they weren't great. But the thing that I found bothered me the most doing them was the time that it took to edit them. Yeah. So like you do a video and you, you like you play with your friends for like a couple of hours and then you have another like four to five six hours even beyond that to do all the editing and make it look nice and then YouTube uploader is a fucking piece of shit so like that takes like two days to do and like rendering you know mm-hmm. and like so all these things so I was like if I wonder if there's any form of media that I could do. That is quicker. Yeah, <laughs> like it takes less effort because, like, I love doing the videos, but they're so labor intensive and cumbersome. And I was like, oh, I could try to do a podcast. So, you know, I literally don't know anything about podcasts, and that's probably obvious when you listen to the podcast. But <laughs> I just, <laughs> I had no idea what even a podcast was. Like, I think I, I think someone was like, oh, check out Joe Rogan's podcast. He's amazing. And I'm like, the, uh, the fucking fight announcer guy. And I'm like, okay. So I I watched a couple of Joe Rogan podcasts. I was like, oh, so it's just two people listen, talking to each other, and they record it. Yep. It's like that's essentially what a podcast is. So like I was like, I could do that. Like that's that's easy. So boom, podcast. There you, <laughs> there you go. go. There you go. <laughs> Bob's your uncle.
0: Um, yeah. And the thing is, I I've come to the realization that even editing an audio podcast is cumbersome in and of itself, which is uh. why I've gone from a Strict every two weeks, gotta get done to eh, it'll come out when yeah, it comes yeah. out.
1: Yeah, it comes and, out when it comes out,
0: man. Um, I've been experimenting with going back to YouTube with doing mm-hmm. live video on YouTube because there's no editing there. Yeah, you just...
1: yeah, yeah.
0: And so I've been, I've done a series of gaming chats where uh, I've either been gaming with my friends here in the States over, <coughs> uh, over video conference or overseas in the UK with uh, Henry Hyde and mm-hmm. yeah, we've had yeah, a lot yeah. of good fun about, and, you know, we, we use the time to not just play a game, but we also, you know, talk about some uh, topics of various levels of import. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it, it's, That's it's awesome. a great way to get content out there and it's, it's relatively pain free and yeah, maybe somebody doesn't want to watch you play a board game for two hours, but you know, yeah. I've had people maybe they to the audio. And, yeah. <laughs>
1: So. Well, and that's funny that you should mention that because my, my buddy, um, his wife, she does um, like sewing videos. She's incredibly like this super talented uh, sew seamstress, sewer. I don't know what they're officially called, but mm-hmm. she makes her own bags. And like these are like high quality, like super nice bags. Yeah. And she has a video series called Sew Whatever. And I was talking to her about it because we went to dinner the other night and she was like, have you tried just she said the same thing. She's like, have you tried just like live casting? She's like, it's literally like a live cast myself sewing it automatically records it and then you have the option to automatically upload it and she's like and there you have like two sources of of, of media right there and i was like well what would i do on video for like an hour <laughs> like just like i'm trying to think of like what would be interesting for people like people don't want to look at me just like chatting into a microphone i don't think so i've i've been thinking about what to do with that particular format like it to take advantage of yeah. it but and i have some ideas i got some big ideas but um yeah, so but for right now I I don't know what I would do with like the video portion of that.
0: Right. Man, there's there's plenty of people that are that are uh on the Twitch, you know, filming themselves oh, yeah.
1: uh painting. Yeah. Or building. That's, that's you know? where it's at. So that's where it's at. I, I my uh my buddy my buddy Red Katana, I don't know if you follow her on oh, yeah. on Twitter or yep. not. But uh, yeah, she started streaming a couple of months ago and just like has blown up quite a bit because of it. And, you know, she's an extremely talented painter and mm-hmm. she's like really funny. And, you know, of course, it's just it's she's just fun to watch. She's a very entertaining person. Yeah. So and I was like, if I did it, it would just be me being fucking quiet because I don't talk when I'm painting. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I don't even listen to really music when I paint anymore. Like, I just like I'm just completely silent, like sitting like cross legged on my chair, like a 10 year old kid, like with my st- tongue sticking out you know like i don't think anyone wants to watch that <laughs> well you'd be surprised <laughs> uh, there's a there's a market for everything
0: i suppose so I suppose so yeah there you go um now i i did mention earlier that you have a very unique format to your show and yeah, almost yeah. like a, a unique ethos if you will um how'd mm-hmm. you, how'd you decide to do your cast that way how'd that come about
1: you know i i literally like went on twitter And I was like, I'm thinking about doing a podcast. Here's some ideas. And I kind of shot out a couple of ideas. And no one was really feeling any of those ideas, Mm -hmm. to be honest. And then one, somebody uh, had said to me, you know, you have to find your thing. Like, there's so many podcasts out there. So what are you doing that's different? Right. And I thought, well, I don't want to do, like you said earlier in in your cast, was I don't want to sit there and talk about, well, what's the most optimal build for this book and what what's like what's the meta right now But like because that's not how I play mm-hmm. that's not how I play games anyway so like I don't I wouldn't talk about that and I was like but what I do like is I, I like people I'm one of those people that I embarrassed the shit out of my wife everywhere I go because I make friends with strangers like all the time. Like I talk to everybody, right? Like I talk to the waiter and I start getting to know them. I, the guy behind me in line, I start talking to them, you know, like everywhere I go, I like make friends with people. That's just that's the kind of person I am. Right. So I thought, well, what if I started talking to the people that I have seen on Twitter and just got to know them, like to know more about them because I love people. I'm very interested in people. Everybody, I believe, has a story. So I wanted to find that out. And I was like, well, what's the best way to get to that part of of, like of that person's life? And I was like, I'll just ask them a bunch of random ass questions. And when I started doing it, I don't know if you ever watched like any of those like I think it's like Vanity Fair videos where they like follow a a famous person around for like a couple of minutes and like they rapid fire ask them these questions Hmm. and they give like these quick short answers. There's a bunch of them. And um, I was like, I want to do something like that. Like I just kind of rapid fire, ask them these questions, and they got to like think off the top of their head. Like, you know, what's your favorite paint color? Like, um, you know, what's your favorite race in in this? And what's the worst thing that's ever happened to you? Like, like all yeah. these things, and like kind of like have these rapid fire answers. But over time, that evolved into like me having more of a discussion and letting them letting the questions breathe, and like kind of just sitting back and letting them like give me these like sort of long answers and like really get into it. And that's right. Then that's what happened. That's where it's, that's where it's at now. It's well
0: executed. I got to say, I mean, you have a very natural style. Well thank you. A conversational style, obviously honed by just, you know, um, you're, you're kind of like my mom. Uh, when she <laughs> was alive, uh, she never met a stranger.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And she could talk to anybody about anything mm-hmm. within two minutes of meeting them and yeah, that that's yeah. that's not for everybody granted and if it's not for you that's okay but um <laughs> that portion of your personality definitely mm-hmm. prepared you for doing that type of show
1: yeah and and, and i sh- think that so. yeah it would have just happened it would have just happened i think if i had started off with any other format i think i would have ended up in this format like no mm-hmm. matter what because that's just the kind of person that i that i am like I'm very, I, I just like asking people questions and like, I like, I like to find out about people. I don't know what it is. Like maybe, I don't know. I'm just curious or I, I just like to know people's stories because everybody's got something mm-hmm. going on. Like my, my go-to questions would be like, so what are you into? Like what, what's your hobby? What's your thing? It's like, everybody's got a thing, yeah. you know, and people are always like, Oh, you know, I listen to music. And I'm like, no, like, what is your thing? Like, what's like the thing that drives you? What's your passion? Like, that's the shit that I want to know.
0: Yeah. It's interesting that, you know, I thought that, you know, your 20 odd questions you pre-selected, but it's interesting to, you know, before talking to a, to a guest, uh, I, it's great that you just randomly, as you're talking, eh, let's see where we go with this. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's fascinating. Um, so are you accepting uh, suggestions for new
1: questions or? Oh, man, you got a question idea? Hit me with it. <laughs> I'll put it on my, I'll put it on my 200 l- list of questions. <laughs>
0: Hashtag 20 I mean, odd questions. Let's do 20 that. 20 odd questions. And yeah. you know,
1: I actually asked that on Twitter the other day, like, what is a what's a good question? And, but then like the people that came back with uh, question ideas, mm-hmm. they didn't pass the one word test in my opinion. So like, if, if I can answer the question with one word, I don't feel it's a very good question. Fair enough. So, Like, if it's like, you know, how old were you when you realized that uh, you you were into games? (laughs) Twelve. Next question. Okay, so you know what I mean? That's fucking boring. Yeah. But like, when did you realize that you loved games? What was happening in your life at that time? Like, you know, something that makes you dig deeper. And then, like you said, I always kind of go. I like to piggyback off those questions because sometimes the answers are, you know, they're they're expected and you're like okay very cool but like sometimes there'll be like a weird comment that someone will make and i'm like oh shit okay i gotta ask about that like (laughs) Mm -hmm. like well back up tell me more about this random thing that you said because i i need to know about that and that's that's to me that's the best stuff
0: yeah now you've been extremely active in the hobby community specifically warhammer uh 40k and age of sigmar Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and in this past year you mm-hmm. were bestowed the honor of Warhammer Hero by the good folks at GW. Yeah, they hooked it up. And for those that don't know, Warhammer Hero is a kind of a ser- uh, you can call it a series of awards that GW has devised to celebrate people in the gaming community, specifically the Warhammer community, that are going above and beyond uh, your normal practitioner of the hobby. They're, they're not paid employees or freelancers for GW. They're just people who love the hobby. And uh, how, how did that all happen with you being nominated? And then I guess they take a look at your body of work online, I guess, and then go from there? I, you
1: know, I'm not 100% sure on their process besides checking out the nominations. And mm-hmm. from what I understood, there was a, Well, there was a large handful of people that nominated me because a lot of people messaged me and said, hey, I'm nominating you. And I was like, oh, that's awesome, man. I appreciate that. And uh, like my buddy, uh, Brush Wizard, he hit me up. He's like, hey, man, I'm I'm nominating you for this thing, whatever. And he's like giving me a hard time. But, you know, he 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 was being complimentary and we always kind of give each other shit. But um, I was like, I I don't I don't have any I was like, I don't have any skin in this game. Like, I really I think the things that I'm doing is just the things that anybody would do. That's like kind of my opinion. Mm-hmm. about it but then i realized well not everybody does a lot of these extra things because i'm very interested in like using the game itself and, and i believe this pretty deeply and, and I've, I've mentioned this in my podcast before that to me games are like just f- fascinating way to get to know people and put everybody sort of on an even playing field so i find that like games themselves really lend themselves to um like issues of like equality, be it be it gender, be it belief, uh, be it age. Like I, I feel that like games are for absolutely every type of person, every you know whatever whatever it is that you believe, however old you are, or whatever you identify as. I believe that everybody can should play games and can play games. And two people that are a hundred percent, one eighty opposite from each other, sit across from a table and play a game. They can have fun and they can learn about each other and learn to accept each other right you know so that's always been my thing that i believe and i believe this you know i've I've always believed this i just i love games i love the effect that they have like you can take someone that's like oh i don't really like games and then start playing a game with them and once it clicks with them Mm -hmm. and they like they get competitive or that like they start (laughs) to get like hype about it and you're like see this is the this is what games do like this brings people out of their shells right? And, and you will forget the differences you have with whatever person. It, maybe it's something that, that you don't agree with that they might have, you know, said or whatever. But if you can get that game to sort of open the door between these two people and then, like, you have, like, sort of a communication that begins and there's, like, this camaraderie that's sort of uh, integral to, like, gaming itself, mm-hmm. then we need to leverage that as much as possible. Like, that's what I believe. So yeah. I had started kind of putting together, like, some ideas for, like, different promotions or different things we could do to sort of like support the gaming community using Warhammer as sort of the vehicle to get us there. And uh, my friend Jeff Tibbs and I, uh, Jeff Tibbs, uh, he's on on Twitter as well. He actually, uh, I believe he works as a copywriter now for Games Workshop, if I'm not mistaken, if he's still doing that particular job. But him and I were having a discussion on Twitter about um, Hispanics, uh, because I'm Mexican, Mm -hmm. and we were talking about Hispanics in gaming, like You don't see a lot of Hispanics, like, I feel like in in gaming in general, because we were reading this article about a young man who was really into gaming, but he, like, literally grew up, like, in South Central, like, so he couldn't let anybody know that he was into nerd stuff because, like, these gang bros would just, like, beat the shit out of him, right? So this guy, like, he kind of lived his whole life, like, wanting to, like, play more games and to play, you know, all these different things, but he couldn't. So when he got older and realized that it was something he could do, it, like, kind of, like, really made a big impact on him. So I was like, you know what? There's no Mexican Space Marines, bro. Like, why is why isn't there? There's like, there's there's Viking Space Marines, right? There's Roman Space Marines. There's like a uh, Mongol Genghis Khan style Space Marines. Like, you know, there's every flavor of yeah. Space Marine, right? And I was like, but there's no Mexican ones. And then some motherfucker in the back's always like, what about Pedro Cantor? And I was like, okay, there's one, there's one Mexican Space Marine. Okay, cool, great, thanks, thanks, GW. By so, the, so this got me thinking. By, by yeah. the way,
0: crim, Crimson Fists are is my posse,
1: dude. There, I mean, the, I mean, they're on the cover of the Rogue Trader Warhammer book. Uh, so, I mean, they're the best. How could you not love oh, that? Love how them. could you not love that? <laughs> but we we found out. So we found out. Um, and speaking of Rogue Trader, in the middle of the book, that fucking foldout that has all the armor mm-hmm. and the different styles of painting on them. There was a, a chapter called the Rainbow Warriors, yep. right? I yep, yep. You know you remember that. And they never really had any lore beyond that picture and like, one or two, like, you know, black and white photos somewhere hidden in the book. And somewhere along the line, fans had kind of created this, like, background for the Rainbow Warriors that they were very, like, Aztec and Mayan, like, influence. Okay, yeah. So, like, a lot of the fan art that was, like, circulating that, that featured any Rainbow Warrior imagery, they had, like, jaguar pelts and, like, feathers and, like, they had, like, these, like... Uh, crazy looking like black uh, stone sort of like swords yeah, yeah, and things yeah, yeah. like that, you know? So I was like, well, what if we like made an army of Hispanic space Marines and like, you know, auction them off or like, you know, gave them to somebody that was needing of something like this. And um, so this it, it just took off like immediately. Everyone's like, Oh, I want to help. I want to help. So like we, we gathered like 15 different amazing painters and we gathered like 20 or 30 people were just donating like brand new models and things mm-hmm. to us. Like it was amazing. And uh, we found this uh, organization called Contessa and their basic thing is they, they promote uh, women in gaming, uh, people of color in gaming, LGBT, uh, LGBTQ, uh, like it, pretty much anyone that might be marginalized. They sort of provide these like spaces for them to play at conventions and things like that to where they don't, don't feel like they will be like hassled mm-hmm. or someone's going to give them shit or whatever like that. And we contacted them and they're like, you know what, we were thinking about getting into 40K like as kind of as an organization because we see that that's a huge thing and we need to be in that realm. And we're like, boom, we're going to hook you up with this army and you guys can take it with you, show it off. You could sell it like whatever you want to do with it. And they literally take it with them like every convention they go to and they set it up. And like this awesome Rainbow Warriors army sits out on the table and people come by and they're interested in it. And people that might not be interested in what the organization is doing are interested in the models. Right. So that they come over and then that begins that conversation. And then that's how it kind of like draws them in. So sometime in maybe down in the future, they'll they'll auction it off or something. But I mean, they get so much response just having it out because it's a it's a gorgeous army. Like it is beautiful. Like everything on it is top notch painted little rainbows on everybody's heads Mm -hmm. and all that stuff like it's it's fantastic it's amazing and i've been to a couple of conventions with them where i basically was like the the guy in control of the army and i would like set it up on like all this cool terrain and shit and like just kind of stand around and then people are interested i'm like oh do you want to know the story behind this you know (laughs) so like give them the rundown so yeah that was that was like one of the major things that was the the like the what they gave me the warhammer hero thing for because i would kind of had organized that and and you know promoted this thing which was like you know inclusion and sort of like this uh like you know not just people of color but just you know why isn't there more brown people in warhammer mm-hmm. kind of thing you know but then also my my podcast as well had already kind of been picking up some steam and i discuss a lot of like mental health issues because i've dealt with a lot of depression and things in my life as well so like those first dozen or so podcasts there wasn't a podcast that went by that we didn't discuss like mental health issues or me like basically kind of coaching people through like maybe some of their anxiety about playing at a shop that they've never been to or or you know confronting someone that is like being a dick to them on the on the table you Mm -hmm. know what I mean so like I kind of hit like all these things that I you know I felt they were important to me and then they were turning out to be important to other people and you know games workshop also felt that that was important so they, they gave me the they gave me the award so it's excellent. nice excellent excellent yeah I, i'm definitely
0: interested in seeing more of the the rainbow warrior project and taking a look at some of those photos yeah, I need to you dig, dig into that yeah. a little bit hashtag, more
1: hashtag hashtag rainbow warriors right. uh, rainbow warriors project there you go yep should still There should still be uh, some of the photos floating out there, and yeah, it's really nice. Old Twitterverse, let's Very take a look
0: here. And let's do the old... Yeah, man. Let's let's look together. Rainbow Warrior. Warriors with warriors an S. Project. Yep, Warriors with an S.
1: Yep. That was a big point of contention, whether we leave the Warriors with an S oh, on man. there or not. <laughs> Dissension. <clears throat> I think we argued about that for like a couple of days. Should it have an S or not oh, in the hashtag? look at that dreadnought. <laughs> Are you seeing it oh yeah you're looking at sophie's dreadnought aren't you oh, with the yeah. headdress thing on it that's spectacular yep. that's uh sophie hobbyist girl um she oh look at those, those gems
0: fantastic. Look, rainbow gems
1: oh that's spectacular And stuff. the
0: jaguar pelt yes yes and being it's very good being the uh the rogue trader fan that you are of course uh that leads that leads the question. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So how many, you know, how allied are they with the Slan? <laughs>
1: they they appear to have taken <laughs> many of their weapons and um, iconography. <laughs> so I would say they're like neighbors. You know, they hang out. <laughs> oh, that's All
0: right. They go over cool.
1: th- they go over there and they drink beer in their, their alleyway on a lawn chair every once in a while. So yeah, a little
0: chocolatel, right? <laughs> that's
1: right. That's right. Yeah, like yeah, those those uh, those slant kits were like huge for giving us the bits and things that we needed, like just fantastic bits. Oh, that's so
0: cool. That is so super cool. Yes, I love it.
1: It is huge, right? It's like that's
0: a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's that's super cool. That's really super cool. So now you mentioned you mentioned making the games more enjoyable for folks and a little bit more open and whatnot and you and using gaming Mm -hmm. as a vehicle for for good um recently you had Mm -hmm. uh, a two-day tournament uh 40k one day age of similar the next day with different buffs well your entry was either straight hard cash or used college textbooks college textbooks yes for developing nations in africa if i'm not mistaken
1: Yep. There's a organization called EFIWE. And what they do is it was started actually locally here because I wanted to support like a local charity because mm-hmm. my, the store that I, I game at, like they're, they're super, they're incredible uh, fantasy books and games in uh, Fairview Heights, Illinois. They're amazing. They have really let me kind of like run with a lot of the ideas that I have, like to like have events and things like that and i was like well let's do a charity event and they're like we love charity events last time we did one it was for um there's a national organization uh like i think it's like an anti-cyber bullying organization Mm -hmm. and uh which i I think is great i think that's a fan i mean cyber bullying itself is not great but i think the organization is great right but um I they got lost to the shuffle because it is a national organization and these guys are pulling in like you know hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars and like donations and all these kind of charitable contributions so whenever they kind of cut a check for these guys and you know they made like you know maybe twelve fifteen hundred dollars and these guys were like who are you like why are you giving us this money like literally this organization was like oh okay cool like they were a little the people that they talked to were kind of like confused and it just didn't like it wasn't a good matchup like it wasn't a good pairing because they're such a large organization we're a small game store and so unfortunately like this it didn't it didn't flow Mm -hmm. so i was like well we need to support like a local charity because we can probably actually physically meet these people and talk to them face to face and i had spent some time like trying to find an organization that i liked that one would 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 like hit me back whenever I called them or or emailed them. And two, like was doing something that I thought was interesting. And this organization was actually started by a young man who's uh, from Africa, came here to go to school, actually at the school I go to now, and um he was like well, look at all these awesome books like what do you guys do with these extra books and like, you know like well we're american we fucking throw them away what do you think right <laughs> so he's like he's like well i'm gonna he's like i'll send them back to my home in africa and we can use them in our schools because they don't have books like they don't have like the means to have a lot of really good books right. so and there's a lot of uh, educational um organizations and uh facilities there that just don't have books so We did a book drive. We collected donations. We did like raffles and like a bunch of people on Twitter like donated like raffle items to me, which was awesome. Like uh, people like my friend Sophie gave me a a whole battle box and like, you know, a couple of models and people were just giving me stuff, you know, new in-box stuff, which is amazing. So like we were selling raffle tickets and, you know, people were throwing down tons of money. It was fantastic. Like we made a ton of money. We we got a ton of books and um, this is like two days and, you know, it took me about four months or so just organizing this whole thing and putting it together. But the best part was the organization, like it was like in it, like every step of the way, like, you know, how's it going? Is there anything we can do? And we're like, you know, we got it from here, you know, just let us know when you can pick the books up and they came and they picked the books up and they were so stoked and so happy. It was, it was awesome, man. I was, I was super happy with how that turned out. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really and just like, I like, Yeah. That's, that's really cool. You know, I like the idea that we can, you know, do something good with with our hobby right absolutely um you know, and, and if you if you can you should yeah i, I know that uh, i don't
0: know if it's a nationwide thing but i know that there's a store mm-hmm. there's an flgs in springfield called capital city games and actually a friend of mine named jason mm-hmm. P, where he runs uh the war machine and hordes tournaments there and every year they do a nice. they do a food drive tournament for a local food nice, bank yeah um i, I think it's yeah. a nationwide or even an international thing, but. I'm not a war machine guy, so I, I, can't, I can't speak to that for
1: sure. I'm I'm a recovering war machine guy. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. It's a great game. It's an awesome game. It's just you know when you have all these games like lined up, it's like uh, some of them got to fall by the yeah. wayside. You know. Yeah. Um,
0: and well, I mean, we could talk. Uh, we could talk about tournament style gaming also, and uh, yeah. which is interesting because you run tournaments, but yeah. You run them in a way that is non tournament y, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I actually started calling them a friendly series of games. Mm. Because like as soon as you say the word tournament, people are like, oh no, I'm not playing. Because they don't they don't want to like get crushed by some, you know, like win it all costs tournament style player. Which I don't I personally don't have a problem with that at all. If that's the format. Like if I go into a tournament and I'm not trying to like crush dicks from like day minute number one. Then what am I even doing there, right? So like I don't have a problem with tournament guys. Like that's that's their level of play. That's what they do. But like if you're coming to the store and we want to just have a good time, we don't want people getting their dicks smashed in and then they just like, oh, this sucks. Yeah. You know, like I just gave all my old college books away to get my dicks smashed. in yeah. you know? Well, there,
0: there's there's <laughs> a and I think that it's good that you that you don't call it a tournament necessarily or that you yeah, you tell yeah. people up front, "Hey, this is kind of a friendly thing." Yeah,
1: we're calling it a tournament, but it's got the connotation yeah. to it. Yeah, that people don't because like. Because there's And really the key for me was what's that? Because there's there's a
0: social contract there. You know, when you agree to play mm-hmm. a game with a person, you are mutually responsible for each other's fun.
1: Right. And yeah, it should be that way. And yeah.
0: you know, it's not a matter of, "Hey, it's fun for me to, you know, Chuck M Ms at my <laughs> my opponent while we're playing. No, that's unacceptable. Right. You know, if, if your opponent says, "Yeah, keep chucking them M Ms. I'll catch them in my mouth. It's gonna be great." Yeah. That's okay. Give it to me. But <laughs> you know, <laughs> if if chucking M Ms isn't that other person's bag, then you you can't be doing that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I I have to note that right now I'm I'm on a low carb kick, so the idea of People throwing anonyms oh. at me is really great, but
1: <laughs> it's very, it's very enticing. <laughs> it is indeed.
0: <laughs> but uh, no, I, I think, I think there's there is a place for a non-tournament linked game
1: event mm-hmm. for people. Oh, people! They were stoked about it. Like we had a really good turnout. Yeah and i recently like there's like a facebook of course for the Mm -hmm. store and i was like because they want me to do another one and i was like well i'm doing one in january like what did you guys do you guys want to do another friendly do you guys want like a all out like no shit like competitive as you can be tournament and like pretty much unanimous unanimously is like friendly 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 everyone's friendly and i'm like okay we'll do the friendly and really all that took was just basically limiting like you know one detachment kind of Mm -hmm. thing you know um and my actual score sheet, you score your opponent on, like, how much fun you had in the game. Mm. And you score that, like, basically after they see your sheet to make make sure everything else is kosher. So, you know, you don't have to tell them that you think they fucking suck. So, <laughs> so, But that plays into, like, the overall points of the whole thing. It's like you get points for your sportsmanship. And if your list was just nasty or, like, your list was fun or whatever. So, you know, I was like urging people to like, be honest, like, you know, if you didn't have fun against that person, then you should score them appropriately. And for the most part, you know, everybody was within the same, you know, amount of points. I think the the top winner was like three or four points above everybody mm-hmm. else, but you know, some of those list points and, and sportsmanship points really made a big difference. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That's, that's, <clears throat> that's the type of thing that I could, I could see myself getting into, you know, I, I'm not interested in, Oh, this is the this is the best combination of troops and equipment and right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and before we start recording, I kind of mentioned that, you know, forty K has been influenced pretty heavily by magic and it shows with how intricate the process of list building is now in comparison to when you and I started mm-hmm. with the Rogue Trader. You know, and sure, hey, yeah. you know you know, like the the old Imperial Guard list. I mean when you took when you took a squad of you know, a tactical Imperial Guard squad, you know, 10 dudes, nine of them with LAS guns, you know, one with some type of special weapon. You know, you didn't just take one squad of those dudes. You had to take a whole platoon of those dudes. Yeah. Just because yeah, of how yeah. the list was built.
1: Or what's the point?
0: Yeah. <laughs> or what's the point yeah. even? So, yeah, it's it's changed quite a bit, you know, and you had, yeah, you had some minimum troop choices you had to take and maximum that you could, you know, you couldn't take any more then. But, you know, that was it. You know, but then again, the Ooh. the Rogue Trader book was more of a, a toolkit for right. creating uh, such a good narrative book. gaming experiences, and uh, that that's that's Ooh. that's been I don't want to say lost. And one thing that kind of as we transition again smoothly into the next section Ooh, of the uh, of the notes.
1: You, you, you want to record a, a clip of me saying smooth segue, and then you can just like <laughs> dump that in. Smooth. Um,
0: smooth segue. It probably comes it comes off better from you being a person of color, I'll be honest with you. But anyway.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why do you make white guy here? It doesn't work so
1: great. <laughs> no, I felt it, man. It moved a little bit. Um
0: Now, I, in one of my previous uh, episodes, I spoke with uh, British gamer, named Mike Hobbs. And we talked about what GW is doing Mm -hmm. right when eighth edition came out. And, you know, when eighth edition came out, they also had blood bowl came out shortly thereafter. And I think they're, uh, you know, they had already done the third or fourth release of space Hulk at that point. And we were kind of going back and forth, you know, are they, are they actively appealing to, you know, us, the, 35 to 45 year old gamer who might have started with the old guard you know, with Rogue Trader and maybe even second edition 40k or third and fourth edition Warhammer. And I, I definitely yeah. feel like there is more of that ethos built in um, between the community building, the nods to the old stuff. Um, I definitely think they're trying to get, they're actively trying to get us older gamers back into 40k. And I think with them yeah. in the 8th edition 40k book saying, hey, there's, you know, it's not just tournament play. It's not just min-maxing a list. There's also, you know, you can do narrative or you can do freestyle. And um, I thought it was pretty refreshing that they did that. And yeah. you know, if, if there was a, an opportunity for a guy like me who really likes the 40k universe, likes the figures, you know, even if they're 25, 30 year old figures that he's going to bring to the game. Yeah. Then I think that there's, I, I think that's only a positive for not just GW, but also local stores. Cause you get more people in the store you get more people supporting the store. And yeah, I totally because you know, Amazon's not going to let you play games at their place. You know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I've never tried. <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't know what you try, right? But yeah, um, no, I, I think, I mean, is that is that jive with your impression of where GW's going currently or has been going over the last two, three I, um, years?
1: I will tell you that I absolutely fucking love 8th Edition. Like, I think it's fantastic. Don't get me wrong. There's some problems here and there with it <clears> as a whole. And that, to me, the the issues come with, like, the different codexes. And there's always been codex creep. And that's always existed. It's always going to exist. BF. Yeah, you know, BFD, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, but eighth edition itself kind of being more accessible because I remember games of seventh edition and sixth edition where you spent about fifty mm, percent of your time looking in the book to try to figure out a rules interaction, mm. and then the rest of the time you're playing, and then you're looking in the book. But with eighth edition, it's so fluid, you don't need to sit there and stare at the fucking book for like the whole time you're mm-hmm. playing, which is amazing because like seventh edition literally like it killed my local store like people stopped playing because they, they disliked it so yeah. much. Like we're like sixth, we can deal with sixth. It's okay. It's kind of like fifth on, on like on crack a little bit, but then seventh, we're like, what, what even is this shit? And then they started with like the formations and I'll, I'll die on the hill that formations were, were garbage from the start. So, it just there was all this stuff that was added into it that just made this huge, monstrous situation where like you couldn't figure out where the rules were coming from anymore. Right. What rules were the most valid? What was the most recent thing? Why is this formation giving me thousand points worth of extra shit for free? So like eighth editions really kind of like it, it squashed a lot of that down. I think it's great. But also, if you look at like um, like Warhammer community and mm-hmm. things like that, I mean, those things didn't exist for, like, years and years and years. It's like Games Workshop, like, was hidden behind a vault, and they're, like, weird, like, with their fingers in their fucking ears, like, nah, we can't hear anybody complaining about the game. You're still going to buy it, right? So, but then they actually started to reach out to the players, their customers, and now, you know, Warhammer community, I think, is a great thing, and I'm not just saying that because they gave me a medal and a shirt, but I think it's really good <laughs> because they, they're actually, like, you know, interacting with the community, and they're trying to, like, put some of that old flavor out there you know like when white dwarf used to have like cool battle reports and like cool projects and things so like they're really tapping back into yeah. that but i mean it's it's nothing compared to like rogue trader days when you were making speeders out of like uh underarm deodorant bottles and things Duty. like that but you know it's 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 a step forward i think because they'd been sort of so uh unavailable mm. for a long time So now you feel like, yeah, they're trying to lighten up their image because they they needed to. They're trying to, like, interact with the community because they needed to. And I I think it's working really well for them. Yeah. Do you dabble with uh, Age of Sigmar a little bit also? I do. I do. I dabble. I dabble a lot. I'd be dabbling hard. (laughs) <laughs> what about any other and i'll tell you i'm excited i'm excited because they're doing um slaves to darkness so i actually have always loved the old school slaves to darkness uh army like just i remember like just looking at it because i really like the. there was an actual book like slave oh, yes. to darkness and realm of chaos i don't know if you know oh, yes, old I books do. and oh i fucking love those books so hard but my parents wouldn't buy it for me because it's like an 80 book and like, you're going to buy an $80 book for a 15-year-old kid, right? <laughs> so, I never got the books, but I would always go to the store and, like, just sit there and, like, look at them, like, all the time. And just that, uh, the imagery and sort of that aesthetic of the of the uh, classic Slaves to Darkness, like the knights that are, like, just sort of, like, these evil foreboding bros, mm-hmm. you know? And then, like, the warriors with, like, these big fur things on their shoulders and capes and... So whenever Sigmar uh, became a thing and I was like, all right, I'm going to get back into it because I famously don't like uh, fantasy settings really much at all. But, you know, Sigmar, it's, it's got its own flavor. So I'm like, all right, I, I can get mm-hmm. into that. And if they have the cool old knights from Slave to Darkness, I'm in. So little did I know that Slaves to Darkness was probably like one of the shittiest armies that you could get for <laughs> Age of Sigmar. Like, if you like having, like, your PP smash, like, nonstop every time you play, then that's, like, the army for you. So, (laughs) go for (laughs) it. (laughs) And I collected, like, a shit ton of them. Like, within, like, two weeks, I had, like, thousands of points because I was just, like, buying everything I could find. I was like, man, there's a lot of Slave to Darkness stuff on eBay. I wonder why people keep selling them. (laughs) 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 Because they're shit. So, like, I bought, like, a bunch for, like, super cheap, and I just have this huge army but they're bringing new slaves of darkness stuff out next month a new book and new models and I'm i happy as pig and shit because I can put these guys on the table yep, yep. again
0: yep um of course you know there are there are other rule systems that will let you play with those figures
1: i know like uh what's the what's the main one that kind of sprung up when um fantasy battle went off uh
0: oh uh, uh kings of war
1: Kings of War. There you go. Yeah, if you play Kings of War. Is it any good?
0: I have not. I've heard good things. I'm intrigued by the large. You know, you know, you basically create a unit, and a unit is basically a single entity. There's no taking figures off. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think it's oh, like half strength. You know, full strength, half strength, done. And uh... I think that's intriguing. Um, one of these days, you and I'll get together and we'll. we'll We'll dabble with something I've been working on, uh, which is basically upscaling a board game called Commands and Colors, and mm-hmm. uh, okay. it's a historical game. But I've been applying a, a fantasy veneer to it. And oh, uh, there you
1: go. I, I've been known to apply a good veneer. There you go. While. and uh, <laughs>
0: and there's there's plenty of other indie games. You know, there's more of a skirmishy kind of game called uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Song of. Uh, what is it uh song Ice song of Blade, well song of blades and heroes
1: oh that's totally different
0: yeah that's completely different
1: um <laughs> there's all these song games coming from <laughs> um
0: but yeah i mean i could go on and on and on about the the indie games for sci-fi and fantasy that are yeah. out there so um yeah
1: i mean there's so many games dude like my dad like i said he's the one that got me into it mm-hmm. this dude he buys like every fucking game that comes out like literally and then just doesn't play it like he just likes to have them like he collects them and mm-hmm. like, it's just, just what he does man that's his thing that's his happy place i'm not gonna talk shit about it but he has like absolutely every game like i'll ask him like, have you heard of this game he's like oh yeah i got some of those models somewhere and he'll like go in his closet and like dig out all this stuff and he'll buy like the whole like series of whatever it is like if he likes it he'll just buy like every model that's available for it just just because he likes having them and just, it's that i mean i come by it honestly man so i can't even help that. yeah <laughs> <laughs> like he just he has to have it he was into like this world weird world war ii which i thought was really cool yeah yeah and then there was like this uh, all quiet on the martian front which is mm-hmm. this new thing that he like really was into and like he just like i come you know i'll visit and stuff and he'll be like oh have you seen this have you seen this and i'm like dude where where do you get the money for all this <laughs> It's amazing well that's that's, like, what what? You get,
0: like, uh, that's what you get for retiring as an e9 with 30 doesn't it yeah, that's right
1: that's <laughs> right yeah And he's always like one day when i die dan you're gonna get all this i was like oh man i have no idea what to do with all and he plays like historicals he plays like the games that are like the ships you know like a uh, battleship kind of things mm-hmm. and he used to play like all the like 15 millimeter stuff like he played like the civil war stuff and like everything everything absolutely just he's collected everything it's it's insane
0: Well, that's, that's super cool. That's super cool. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Besides, besides the GW stuff, is, is there anything that's tripping your trigger or are you staying focused on, on GW?
1: You know, uh, like I feel like there's always, so there was a, um, was it, it wasn't Kings of War. It was, uh, it was something similar to that. Was it Kings of War? I can't remember the name of the game. So I get into games, and kind of the, the rule of thumb around here is with my friends. Like, if three of us don't get into it, then we're just not going to get into it. But if mm-hmm. three, three of us buy stuff, then everyone's going to, like, kind of got into it. Yeah. So we were trying to get into Wild West Exodus for a minute, mm-hmm. and that didn't work out. We tried Wrath of Kings. That's what it was. We tried to get into mm-hmm. Wrath of Kings. That didn't quite work out. You know, like, it always comes back to Games Workshop and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I really, really want to get into uh, Legion. This is a Star Wars yeah, one. Yeah. And, uh, well, I mean, obviously I love Star Wars. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I have, like, you know, a lightsaber tattooed on my chest because that's, like, that's the kind of life I live. And um, they they brought out the first Legion set, right, which was just the Rebels and the uh, Empire, which, obviously, there's, like, the two factions, yeah. right? But the Rebels, like, are just, like, bros in, like, fucking camo pants and vests. Yeah. And I'm, like, <laughs> like I'm just not into that as an aesthetic. I'm, like, not a camo pants and vest kind of guy, I guess. So it didn't really, like, grab me. But then they just recently released the Clone Wars yeah. set, which is all the fucking cool robots and, like, the cool commando uh, fucking clones. And I'm like, I need to get this game. And then my friend Brush Wizard has been like painting it and putting it together. And it's just like making me salivate. And then my buddies at at the store got into it. And I was like, oh, man, I got to get into this Legion because I'd been putting it off because I will go ham on fucking Star Wars stuff. Dude, you don't even know. Like, (laughs) I'll get into it so deep. Like, oh, yeah. So, like, I was like, All right, I need to chill. And now there's this new uh, Crisis Protocol, which is a new Marvel game. Yeah. The miniatures game. I don't know if you've seen that. I have, yeah. And I've been painting all the stuff for that at the store, like all the, the buildings and stuff and and uh it just looks so cool. And I'm like, Oh man, this'll be so fun, like just to be a superhero and like fucking throw can trash cans at people. I mean I guess you can throw trash cans at people and not be a superhero, but it's like cooler it's cooler when you are <laughs> Well, it's cooler
0: if you're a superhero but, like, and you're throwing dumpster. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like a whole dumpster. But that game looks amazing. And I'm like, oh, I really want to get into that, too. So, you know.
0: Yeah, with... Uh, the slippery slope, my man. Oh, it you is. Know, with, so many cool things out there. With Legion, uh, my brother Chris, who's been on the show, a super guest, Chris Arnold, who's been on the show multiple mm-hmm. times, and mm-hmm. another mm-hmm. friend of ours, um, they're both collecting and painting Legion stuff, but using uh, Fistful of Lead Galactic Heroes for the gameplay.
1: Okay. Different. Uh, yeah. Different. Yeah. Uh, just uh, using set.
0: different rules. And uh, um, this whole leds from uh, Wiley Games. And Jay Wiley's been on the show okay. also as a friend of mine. And
1: oh, very, uh, cool.
0: very, very neat set of rules. And we'll have to we'll have to show you that sometime. But
1: yeah, that'd be yeah, uh-huh. and I love I mean, I just love games, man. Yeah. I love that everybody has like a different take. On something and sometimes you'll like play a game that has like a different mechanic in it that you haven't seen before and it'll just completely fucking it'll blow your skirt up so hard you'll be like oh this is so cool like (laughs) this is like the best thing ever it's like the first time I played like war machine and like I had the little the little discs you know that tell you like how much like because I did the actually did um, the hordes which is like the beasts Mm -hmm. and the beasts get like they get fucking hype if you're not like you know managing their their anger So like you're cranking up these little discs on the side of the model, and it just felt so good to like pop a little disc on there and be like, oh, when I hit three discs, he fucking loses his mind, bro. You don't want that. (laughs) (laughs) So I was so hyped because like it was like something different, like it was something new. So I love whenever I play a new game and there's like a a mechanic in there that I've never seen before, and it like seems so like smart. And you also go, why isn't why isn't everybody doing this? This is so cool. So I love that kind of stuff. I love all of them. Good. I kind of took
0: a look at Warren machine and hordes for a little bit. And I I Mm -hmm. think my problem with it was the same problem that I had with, or I currently have with 40 K and, uh, age of Sigmar being more of a tournamenty kind of thing, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, I, I definitely, I definitely appreciate the, the aesthetic that they're pushing with it. I do like the look of the stuff. It's just, Mm -hmm. I don't think the gameplay is where it needs to be for me and, you know, Hey, different strokes, right? right? So, um, now, that Iron Kingdoms uh, universe or setting, what have you, is, is, mm-hmm. is more mm-hmm. of a fantasy. Uh, I guess, kind of a fantasy steampunk kind of thing. Are there almost
1: steampunk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are
0: there are there any other backgrounds or settings or IPs to use a boring <laughs> to use a boring legalistic term that you are into besides? <laughs> well, I know, I know that you are into the Star Trek also, big style.
1: Oh, love Star Trek. Fucking love it. I mean, obviously sci-fi is my jam. Mm -hmm. I super love science fiction. You know, like when I think about the first movies I ever remember watching, I remember seeing Return of the Jedi in the movie theater Mm -hmm. when I was a little kid and just being super blown away. Like when Jabba comes on screen, I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like just like blown away as a little kid. Like, oh my God. Like I remember that and it had like a profound effect on me. So like science fiction is certainly my jam but i'm also really into um so there's a there's a trying to think of a a good example of it. this is an odd example Uh, what's the show supernatural you ever watch that show Nope. because the kids love it it's a great show it's funny it's got ghosts and goblins it's like you know basically it's like angels and demons kind of like fighting kind of for the soul of mankind basically and there's these two brothers that kind of like deal with things that go bump in the night right so i really like that kind of setting mm. to where it's like people that kind of know that there are demons and that there are angels that are sort of interacting with humanity and i've always wanted to do something more with that there's a game called uh, in Nomine, oh, which yeah. is like a old it's like i think it might be steve jackson game um and it's super duper old, and I had it like years ago when it first came out because I love the idea that you play an angel that's basically sent to Earth, or you could play a demon that's sent to Earth to like influence mankind one way or the other, uh, you know, and to sort of like basically gather souls for your your patron, you know, deity, whoever that might be. So I've always wanted to do something with that. <clears throat> and um, there's a game, it's a Genesis, which is um, a Fantasy Flight's system that they use mm-hmm. for all their Star Wars games you can buy just the system itself and it's called Genesis and it just gives you like basically a rule set and you, you put your own setting onto it, which is really cool. And it has some like ideas, like there's a steampunk setting there's a fantasy setting. There's like a modern setting. So I've always kind of wanted to take that in and put it in like the Genesis system and kind of like play an RPG that's based on like, you know, angels and demons and this whole thing. And, And so I think that's really, really cool too. So, any anything like that, that you know and mm-hmm. it's weird because i'm not like incredibly like religious or you know spiritual really or yeah. anything but i just think it's a really interesting yeah. concept yeah i mean that's there's so much good stuff out there
0: and unfortunately i i've seen enough bad sci-fi and bad fantasy that sometimes i get a little wary <laughs> but oh I, yeah there's a bunch of that i have to ask and i'm not i haven't been monitoring twitter as much as i should have but uh I have to ask, do you have mm-hmm, the Disney mm-hmm. Plus? I do have
1: Disney Plus. So
0: we are of accord with yeah. The Mandalorian.
1: Uh, I love it. Oh, it's so good. I love it. I love it so much, it makes me poop my pants. It's so fucking good, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, and but see, here's the thing about me, dude. I'm an unconditional Star Wars fan. Like I pretty Mm -hmm. much love everything like, you know, there's a lot of uh, contention in the Star Wars fandom, if you want to even call them that anymore, that people hated like Last Jedi and, you know, people hated this and people hated whatever, like anything that came out, they hated it. And, you know, that's cool. Hate it. Be vocal about it. That's fine. But, you know, I I just don't dig that kind of negativity about anything, let alone Star Wars. So I I just kind of steer clear of it. But I love pretty much everything Star Wars. And Mandalorian really is hitting a sweet spot, like big time, because it feels like the old movies. Mm-hmm. The way it looks, the way it's you know the 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 little like nods they have to like the original films. So like yeah. so um, we're gonna do a little bit of spoilers, just like kind of small. Is that okay? Small one. Small. Maybe one. not even. Maybe not even that. So the container that the Mandalorian's reward is in, mm-hmm. in like episode number what three or something like that. It's that yeah. round container. Mm. Looks and, like, like an ice cream maker. Right, but you know why, right? Do tell. Okay, so I'm I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. So in Episode Five, whenever Lando tells everyone that the Empire's there and they need to get the fuck out of uh, Cloud City, like people just start like running like crazy crazy people through the, through the hallways. There's mm-hmm. a scene where there is a guy in like a sort of like an orange jumpsuit and he's carrying that ice cream maker. Oh. And he's running and he's like running through. And so this is an actual popular cosplay. I forget the name of that character. And someone probably maybe that's listening can tell me. But there's a cosplay where people dress up like that dude. He's got like an orange mm-hmm. jumpsuit. I think he has a mustache. And he's carrying that ice cream maker container <laughs> through Cloud City as he's evacuating because the Empire is coming. And there's like conventions where everybody that's dressed up like that guy will gather together and they'll run through the convention like, like as a group and it's amazing. So whenever whenever in the in the Mandalorian whenever that container they put it on the table, I was like it's a container. It's the it's the ice cream maker. I was like so excited. <laughs> I was like this is so like this is so like it's so easter egg. Like there's easter eggs yeah. all over the place of that kind of stuff. And I was super stoked about that container like I was grinning from ear to ear because like they get it. They're Star Wars fans that love Star Wars yeah. making this show. And it, it comes through and oh man it's so good i, I just absolutely it's love so it. good
0: yes it is it's it's really it's really choice and if you have not already i would highly recommend going to either disneyland or disney world
1: mm-hmm. and taking in galaxy's edge I mean I hear it's good and all my friends have gone and told uh, me it's good it's i just so good. You know, it's just that I have to go to Florida is the, is the thing. <laughs> or California. You can go to California. I guess I could go to California. That's pretty good. I lived in California, or excuse me, Florida for like nine years. So now I'm like kind of like wary of it. <laughs> <laughs> is, it's a weird, is, a weird fucking place, man. <laughs>
0: oh, well, the thing is, if if you're a guest of the mouse, you get insulated from a lot of that. So There you go. Good,
1: good. That's what I need,
0: insulation. Is is there is there an aspect of gaming tabletop gaming mm-hmm. that you would like to get into but you haven't yet?
1: Oh, you know I've. So I'm I'm interested in doing the streaming thing, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, it's not specifically tabletop gaming, but I'm I'm you know working on writing my own RPG, and I would mm. like to get that How out. How's that not tabletop gaming? I mean, when I think tabletop, I've always, I think I've RPGs, always thought of. pencil rpgs as tabletop gaming yeah i guess that's true for some reason in my mind it's like rpgs and tabletop gaming kind of like are 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 somewhat separate but maybe uh maybe they are the same maybe i should start thinking about it as the same but i've been working on my uh my own book and uh 2020 that's i decided that's the year i'm gonna do it i was writing it i've got like the 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 first draft done and you know Mm -hmm. it's like 50 60 pages not that much and then the, uh, you know, I started going to school, my mom got sick, all these kind of things happened that sort of like kept me away from doing it. But I decided, you know, like when January hits, you know, everybody makes like their resolution and I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get this book done. I'm going to do it. Uh, you know, so I'm going to start like maybe I'll do a Kickstarter or something like early on in the year. I've already been talking to a couple of artists and things like that to try to like, you know, figure out like how much art I can get and like kind of if they understand my vision for what it is, you know. So Mm -hmm. I got a lot of big ideas uh, on that one. So that's I definitely want to write my own book. That's the thing that's happening. RPG book. My own RPG. Yes. Nice. Yeah. 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 This could be a good one.
0: This is intriguing. Yeah. I'm I'm, going to
1: follow up on this. Absolutely. Um,
0: So where how are you willing to share any of the background oh or? absolutely
1: yeah yeah i mean so okay imagine you, you remember the matrix right yeah yeah that was a movie with uh, keanu reeves have you heard of mm-hmm. it um I think I might have seen, <laughs> i've
0: seen a meme i think i've seen a meme with a guy eating porridge
1: so the the idea behind my game was i wanted to do a game and i'll bring this all back around I just like to throw I just like to throw a thing out there and you're like what the what is he talking about and so so I wanted to do a game where you could play it with like two people because the thing that I found with role players uh, the people that want to play they don't always have a group or they don't have the time or so I said well what if I could make a game that like needed two people like one person was the player one person was the GM and it would take like an hour or something to do a session. And then you would have like a complete game in an hour. Like It would be from start to finish a whole scene, like a whole setting.
0: Mm, okay.
1: So I thought, what would be, how, how could you manage that? And you wouldn't want to go through the whole process of making a character to play for one hour because in my game, the characters don't carry over to the next game. So the premise of my game is it's like a, a corporation, like some sort of like medical corporation. And they're sort of like testing the limits of like the human mind and what the human mind can accomplish. But by doing so, they kind of put you in this like virtual reality state. So your mind is in this virtual reality. But inside that virtual reality, you're you're not yourself. You're, you're someone different. <clears throat> And you're given some sort of task, and this task sort of like tests your your mental ability, tests your problem solving skills. But their technology, maybe it's like I don't know, maybe it's in the '80s or '90s. I haven't really figured out what my time frame is, and I think it's better if it's more ambiguous. Their technology is mm-hmm. not quite right, and and so there's glitches in the system. So yeah. they'll put you into like this virtual reality, but things might be slightly skewed. Things are a little off. So you might wake up in this virtual reality system and you look you look at yourself and you're a cowboy like you're wearing a hat you're wearing the whole thing you know you you got the the chaps on and everything but you're in like feudal japan for some reason
0: yeah so okay.
1: like so things don't match up or then maybe vice versa you know you wake up and you're a bear and you're looking for a place to hibernate but you're like uh, underwater you know like something like whatever like the most random things you can think of because their their system is kind of like screwed up so yeah. within this one scene, this one setting, the the whole idea is that you have a small area that you can't go beyond because if you go beyond it, the, the program doesn't go that far. So you open a door and it's just like white void because that's the end of the program. So you kind of have to stay in this one area to complete whatever task that you're given. So the by the means of doing it is like you have a dice pool that's actually like a, a, a large number of dice. And as you are depleted in health or you make different kind of decisions, your dice sort of deplete. And that is kind of like, when you're out of dice, the game is over. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have to like choose how you're going to use your dice. Like you can roll a lot of dice to like ensure that you'll make something happen or you can kind of like, you know, save a couple of dice and maybe, so you get to choose how many dice that you want to like put towards a check or put towards an attack or put towards whatever, but you might not always get them all back kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So in in doing so, it kind of limits the, like how long you can play for because once your dice are gone, the, the game is over. And then you can, like, roll up a new, sc- new scenario and a new ki- type of character because it's all going to be based on, like, random tables to give you, like, a random thing. Like, an accountant that's armed with a shotgun and uh, he can fly. Like, you know, like, whatever random things I can come up with, like, right. in random tables. So I want it to be, like, where you're playing. It- it's a different experience every time. It's going to really weigh heavily on, like, the GM's creativity to sort of, like, decipher all these different things that you've rolled together and make, like, a coherent, you know, scene out of it but you just play a single scene. Once your dice are over, the game's over. You have like a cool thing that you can play. You switch up with your friend and then you, you know, he plays the same one or he rolls something different, whatever. So yeah, that's my idea. And that's what I'm working on. (laughs) I I think it's great. Um, I
0: recall an episode where one of your, one of your shows Mm -hmm. where you were talking to a guy who was developing a heavy metal Yep, RPG,
1: Metal World, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, and he kind of ran you through kind of like a mini scenario Mm -hmm, or a mini uh, one shot, mini one shot, less than a one shot. Yeah, yeah, it was it
1: was like the intro, yeah, to one of the games, yeah.
0: Yeah. And but I I think that that's pretty interesting where you're playing a role playing game, but the role that you're taking is is completely randomized. So there's no there's no min maxing or no spinning spending the first session making making a character because at the end of that adventure that, that character's done.
1: Yep, it's gone. Cause you know, like yeah. you think about it, they turn off the, the virtual reality setting and they 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 shut it down of whoo, it's it's just gone. It's it's done. You know, it just doesn't mm-hmm. exist anymore. But you know it's it's more ominous than that. So like if, if you're damaged or you die in this virtual reality, you know, since the mind is destroyed, the body can't survive and vice versa. So mm-hmm. you know there's like a little bit of danger and kind of like just the idea that like it's this sort of like, I don't want to say crude medicine, medical science going on, but like, it, it, you, like the background is like nobody really knows exactly how they end up like in this sort of situation where they're getting hooked to this virtual reality with all these dudes and like, mm-hmm. you know, medical garb sort of like hooking them up like they just wake up and they're like, oh what the hell is happening? So like none of the people that are doing these tests are really volunteers kind of thing. So <laughs> I, I have a lot of ideas for how it's going to flow and like, it kind of like the, the aesthetic of it. So it's super important to me right now, just to like, get some artwork done to kind of like right. translate that aesthetic that's in my head so that people can look at it and go, okay, I kind of get what he's going for. You know, it's like very sterile. It's a lot of blues and medical greens and white, you know, it's kind of very, uh, very, uh, what's the word uh, clean? What do you call that? Um, sterile, sterile, sterile. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's the idea I'm going for. But within the virtual world, it's like completely bonkers. Like everything's fucking weird. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I love it. I, I, I'm ready to see more of that. So 2020, you, it's happening. Okay. I love it. Good to do I love it. it. I'm going to do it. I, I, I it. have to mention that yeah. you do have a Patreon campaign going. I do. And I, I got to tell the folks out there that if if you want to support someone on Patreon that is genuinely a good dude, then look no further than our man Dan here. And he's doing good I stuff. I appreciate it. Not just for the hobby, but for
1: everyone else, too. So that's... Thank you. And I, and I appreciate uh, all my patrons that uh, hook it up, and like yourself, sir. I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, cause hosting, as you know, is not free. Yeah. <laughs> no. Websites aren't free. And so, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's super helpful to kind of like keep those things running and to like, just, you know, I know that I'll be able to pay to keep my podcast up and I'll be able to pay to like make the podcast as long as I want and right. not have to worry about running out of space or whatever, you know? So it's, it's awesome. Yeah. It's great. And I, I super appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. How,
0: how's that going? Thank you. Is it, is it? Doing what it needs to do, or my Patreon? Yeah, is it is it making is it making the making the bills or?
1: That's covering most of my hosting, um, so that's great. Um, I mean, because it's not like a ton. I mean, I don't I don't make a whole lot, and and that's fine. Like, it's just nice that you know, if someone like shoots me a dollar a month, I'm like, that's just that's mm-hmm. awesome, man. Because like. That's that's helping to keep my uh, my bandwidth or whatever the hell they call that my my space that I get to put up there because, you know, I just upload all this stuff and I don't really give a thought anymore to like if I'm going to run out of space. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um,
0: Yeah, look, look for 2020 to be a banner year for our man Dan. That's
1: that's what I'm trying to do. I'm loving that, (laughs) you know,
0: in self-publishing. I mean, that's 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 the way that stuff like this is going to come out because, You know, it's, yeah, yeah. it's an odd enough, dis- and- <laughs> it's an odd enough thing that I don't think anybody would want to, would want to publish it on a big scale. Cause there's, there's a lot of risk there, but one of the cool things about self self publishing is between Kickstarter and maybe got mm-hmm. a little bit of money coming in from the patrons that you can funnel that way. I mean, you can make your dream a reality mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you can get yeah, it out sure. there and you can say, Hey, I made this.
1: Yeah. yeah. And that's really the goal. You know, I don't, I don't uh, I don't have any delusions that like I'm going to write like a hit best selling like RPG. If anything, it'll be kind of an oddity. And, you know, maybe hopefully my friends will pick up a copy and maybe, you know, I can get it in a couple of local stores and people will see the cover and be like, OK, that's interesting. And maybe they'll pick it up like I just you know, it's that the dream is to like hold the physical thing in your hand and see your name on the cover and know that that's something that you worked to do and you made it happen you know, whether it like it sells 20 copies or 20,000 copies or whatever, like you've, you've done something and you've met a goal. And that's what, that's I think that's, what's important. Yeah. I, I, pro- yeah, I, that I, I think it. it's,
0: I think it's great that you're, that you're reaching for that. And I'm definitely interested to see where you take it. And I wish only the best for you in the coming year, my friend. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Um, I appreciate what you're doing with the, with the community and with, with uh, your podcast as well and all the good that you're doing at a local level and getting the getting the word out about some important issues out to folks. And, and like I said earlier, you know, using our hobby as a vehicle for, for some social good I think is great. So yeah. um, if we can do it, we should. man. I, I agree 100%. 100%. <laughs> now, one thing that we do need to do is get in the same room with the table and some dice and some figures and make right. that happen. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Maybe here in a few weeks. We can do that. Maybe here in a few weeks. Yep. So, well, uh, thank you very much for coming on the show. I've been wanting to do this for a long time and just trying to find the right time to do it, but we, we made it work and I appreciate it very much. There you go.
1: We made it happen. My man, we had some
0: (laughs) technical issues, but we persevered. We worked it out and, uh, Dan, thanks so much. I had a lot of, a lot of fun, had a lot of fun going on your show and I had a lot of fun having you on my show and look forward to doing it again sometime.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you, man. I had a great time. Good deal. Love it. On that
0: note, as always, if the Wargaming you're having isn't any fun, you making fun. That is all. The Veteran gamer is copyrighted J. Arnold 2019 music courtesy of freemusicarchive.com